Okay. Boy. Got a minion already. Should get a minion on time. Okay. Not way number 19. This is amazing. You know, when I when I always thought I heard of their people, they 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 work through the book on the 48 ways. It feels like something that should take a, a very, very long time when we're already uh encroaching on halfway through. So uh thanks for being on board, whether you're live or whether you're in podcast land. So by now we know that there are 48 tools to properly use life. All the tools in life that are helpful somehow fall into one of these. And tonight is Miut Shena. Now again, there's always the, by now we've learned that the literal translation is a real, is really just the opening to a whole bigger idea. But the translation of the word Miut Shena means minimizing sleep okay so what does it mean to minimize sleep well on the first hand well, let's look as the Weinberg always says there's a positive and a negative and everything in between well if you say minimize sleep obviously that means you have to get some sleep so sleep um is something that is needed um the negative obviously is too much and the positive negative is the struggle. The struggle of sleep or not to sleep, that is the question. So let's think of, we've all had this experience either with ourselves or with someone else. Someone asks you, and this happens with my uh, two of my kids. Two of my kids, they say, Dad, I want you to wake me up every morning. Inevitably, I walk into the room, I wake them up, and of course, they jump out of bed. Well, we know that's not what most people do. When even if they ask someone to wake them up, what do you do? You say, without opening your eyes or even moving, you say, I'm up. Right? You come back 10 minutes later, and what does the person say? I'm still up. And this can go on all morning. And then the person, and but so someone is up and not up. This is a struggle that is, we see that when waking up in the morning, but it's really a, much broader struggle when, you know, if a person is asleep to a certain aspect of their life, a person is not energetic in a certain part of their life, drowsiness, and, um, you know, we're committed to something, but then we get, we, we lose the commitment. So we're going to talk about a lot of ideas that springboard from the idea of struggling with sleep, getting enough sleep, getting too much. So the first question to ask ourselves, and this is really, uh, you may have heard the um, expression, it doesn't make me want to get up in the morning. Or the, the converse, that really gets you up in the morning. What does that mean? That means that you have to ask yourself, is it, is being alive a good thing? If being alive, the Talmud says sleep is one sixtieth of death. You're 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 not in you know you're not operating. So it's an obvious question, but if the answer to the question is being alive a good thing, then you want to try to be alive. And when you're awake, you're you're most alive. And when you're perky and you're awake, you're even more alive. 
So you want to have as much of that that makes that is possible to have in a healthy way. And the same thing with different levels of sleepiness. If you know, if you, we just say, you know, I am operating and happy and functional when I'm not drowsy and tired. Well, you say, well, is if you are unnecessarily drowsy and tired, then you're robbing yourself of a great part of that, that great thing called life. So it would seem to be a really important thing for the more a person can generate that it is in fact a good thing to be awake. It's not just something you want to get through the day, as they say. You actually want to be awake. Sleep is kind of just something you got to do. Then you're only going to be able to motivate yourself as much as you think being awake is, is, is a good thing. That's why people who are going through a rough time typically have a hard time getting up because they don't want to get up. Life is not fun. Life's not meaningful. If a person, in fact, wants to waste their life or waste time, then the default is to sleep. So we got to, if we don't want that to happen, we got to take the bull by the horns. So first we're going to deal with this, the very pragmatic, really shortly, this is really something which the Torah has wisdom on it because the Torah has wisdom on everything. But I believe most of this is pretty, probably pretty consistent with what, with what most uh, health professionals would tell you. But it's, uh, it's always fascinating to see what the Torah says about, about biology, about uh, health practices. So Maimonides says, when he talks, it has a whole many sections about a person uh, taking care of their body. And when he talks about sleep, and this is often misquoted, it says that unless a person has an illness, a current illness, or a general illness, that you're at, a person does not need more than eight hours sleep a night. Eight hours is the max. So if a person is finding they're typically sleeping more than eight hours, again, every person's situation is different, but we're talking about that's, that's the max. Now, it doesn't mean a person can't get less. Um, so a person needs to figure out for themselves, and this is a really important thing to figure out, what is your healthy spot for sleeping? If you know what that is, then you can know. And, the, and I never, I did this when I was 20. I got very sick and I went to a doctor and the doctor, we figured out someone with my energy level and, and all my hormones, whatever it was, what was someone like me for sleep? And the doctor actually told me that I needed a lot less sleep than a lot of people do. He told me I can, I, I can really function between five to six hours optimally. And some people can't. So it's really important to know, considering that being, being awake is so productive and being sleeping unnecessarily is not productive, and you have a whole life ahead of you. This is a daily endeavor for a person to clarify what how much sleep they need. And obviously that's important that sometimes the no sleeping will be erratic, it'll balance out, you know. So so one suggestion that other Weinberg had is that a person should look at a monthly average of how much they sleep. Because we know some nights we have to pull all-nighters, some nights we're kind of overly tired, so we may sleep more. So a person looks at a month, which is a nice amount of time, 
and you see, you know, what's the average amount you slept? That's a pretty good sense without even modern science of knowing um, how much you need to sleep. Some people, it's going to be six hours. It was going to be seven hours, going to be eight hours. But whatever it is, figure it out. It's, 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 it's well worth uh, the investment. Okay. Now, some people choose not to think about this at all. And the reality is that there is a tremendous fear that we all have of not getting enough sleep. And sometimes if it's done to an extreme, you can get sick and hurt yourself. But, you know, the concept in general of not getting enough sleep, usually the consequence of not getting enough sleep in a particular night, you know what it is? Falling asleep. You may fall asleep at a time when you don't want to. Hopefully it's not behind the wheel. But we, we, you know, we want to have everything in perspective. And in fact, you know, in most basic trainings in Israel, and certainly this is the case, I believe in the American Army also, is they push you. They push you and 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 they push you to to, to, to sleep deprive yourself. And I'm not, not suggesting doing what they do in the army every day, but it's just the concept of sometimes we we fear something to an extreme and it and it can limit us. So we, we want to have a healthy relationship with sleep figuring out what, how much sleep we actually need and, and, and not being too scared of sometimes, um, because what happens is, for example, most, I'm sure all of us, have stayed up way too night doing something fun. Stay, stayed up late watching a movie, stayed up late partying. We all have done it. And you know what happens? For some reason, when you're enjoying it and having a good time, the fear of like, oh my gosh, if I don't get enough sleep just goes away. So it's one of those, you know, honesty things that a person has to really ask themselves, oh, am I really that scared of not getting enough sleep that I have to make sure I get so much sleep? Because somehow, conveniently, when it's interesting and fun, you don't worry about the sleep so much. Um, but at the same time, again, I'm really trying to balance things out. Don't kid yourself. You do, you, you, you person could not getting, I think that the, the uh, Talmud says a person doesn't sleep for three days, they could die. So, you know, you, it, it's, it, it's an important thing, but it is, is it, a person is able to figure out and a person is able to push themselves. For example, um, typically in uh, yeshivas, there is a custom on Thursday nights in preparation for Shabbos to stay up very late studying, if not the whole night. And you do it as a group with a bunch of people. And you and, and you manage. And not only that, at a certain point, you get a second wind and you get into it. And 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 so not 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 every night, but the concept of sleep being able to be not picture perfect is a is really a fear. But healthy sleep, one should be scared of, but pushing oneself when it's appropriate is certainly um, something no one would like to think about. When you're fascinated, when you're interested, you stay up. When you're very happy, you just like forget about it. Um, and, and there's hacks. You know, a person needs to stay up. You're studying for a test. You can put cold water on yourself. You could stand up. The Talmud says the Kohen Gadol, when he did his the work on Yom Kippur, 
So the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, was not allowed to sleep. So what, one of the things the Talmud says that he used to do to keep himself, he would do push-ups. When you do when you exercise, it, it wakes you up. I had a teacher who used to do uh, go in a room and do jumping jacks when they were feeling lack of energy. You run around the building. So the number one motive, number one thing to make sure is that you 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 have that drive to want to be up. If you don't have that drive to want to be up, default's going to be asleep. How do you motivate yourself to stay up? A love for life an appreciation of the pleasures that you can have during that day. And then you can have a healthy decision-making for when you're sleeping. Because if you're going to sleep to escape life, it's kind of like last week we talked about pleasures. If sleep is an escape, not good. If sleep is there as a energizer, then that's a great thing. Now let's move on to, that was pretty simple. I think most of us know that already. Talk to a doctor, they'll tell you the basic stuff, you know. But here's where it gets a little more um, intense. How about the tragedy of living life half asleep, right? The tragedy of living life half asleep. And that really is the fight of life. The fight of life is to fight sleep because our default is to kind of not pay attention, to not be alert. And, and and that's the fight of life. And don't give up. It's a, it's the same way every day you wake up in the morning. It's a good paradigm. You know, every day, for, most, for many people, it's a struggle to get out of bed. Well, that same struggle is the struggle of being a, awake while you're awake, right? They say about uh, Abraham and Sarah, that they used every single minute of every day. But Yaakov also, they say that. So when we say, when we say miyotshena, that a person should minimize sleep, it doesn't only mean sleep. It means minimize the time that you're, that you're sloughing, as they say. So, in fact, if you look throughout the Talmud and many stories, there were people, and I'm not recommending this. I'm just saying the concept of the fear of of pushing oneself there's a time and a place to push oneself um you know there were people there are people who had the custom only to sleep in a bed on shabbos now i'm not saying that's for us it's not for us but there there's a concept of not getting your quote-unquote beauty sleep every day um you know one of my teachers taught me this you know a lot of times and i think i think science is corroborating this that taking certain length of naps during the day actually is counterproductive because you wake up not energized. So you got to figure that out for yourself. And if it's not, I remember, uh, I think this change really a big life changer. You know, in high school, you're a teenager, and even in yeshivas, it's not, you know, one of the things that, that the students do is they sleep. And I remember my rabbi, when I, when I first came to yeshiva in Providence, he said, you know what? I'm gonna, the big custom that many yeshiva students have is after prayers in the morning to go to sleep. He said, if you could change that habit, that will change your whole study career. And I pretty much nixed it. 
And it's just amazing because you don't have to have, you don't have to struggle waking up again. Right. So he, he, he taught me something called the cat nap and I do it. I think truck drivers do it. You kind of put your head down on your chin, on, on your chest for 15 to 20 minutes. You get a little perk and then you, um, and then you move on. And the truth is relaxing helps too. If the whole point of sleep is to get you recharged, it's not just to escape. So even relaxing without falling asleep is helpful. You're anticipating, you know, I think great people say, I'm going to sleep so I can get up, right? Not going to sleep so you can sleep. What's the pop? So what, what is sleep? The positive aspect of sleep, what it does, and again, this is all really science, and of course, all science is really found in the Torah as well, that... It, it unravels your body, allows your body to, to regenerate, utilize your mind to, to kind of like recharge, it allows one's emotions to recharge. We all know how many times you've gone to sleep and felt weary bodily, emotionally, intellectually, and you wake up and you're ready to roll. Um, so, so that's what sleep is for, and we, and we should use it for that purpose. And be conscious of that, because if you're conscious of that, it actually will happen. If one goes to sleep with the plan of, oh, my gosh, life's horrible. Let's go to sleep. Now, life sometimes can feel horrible. But if you go to sleep and say, you know what? Life feels horrible right now, but I want to go to sleep. And I want to, I'm really hoping when I wake up, this is going to be, tomorrow is going to be a better day. And the truth is, as of most things, Judaism really allows, um, is set up to help us with that. You, when you say the prayers that we say before we go to sleep, they actually set that tone. It's a sweet night. It's a nice night. And then, and then the prayers in the morning, we're ready, we're, we're, we're ready to roll. So sleep. So let's apply that to the sleeping while we're awake. Well, when a person wakes up, waking up means you take a fresh look at things. You rethink things. You revise things. You wake up. You know, they say someone, you ever hear the expression, you know, would you wake up and smell the coffee? Right? People are awake. Right? Hello? Right? <laughs> Hello doesn't mean, doesn't mean like you weren't there. There's a constant of waking up um, even when you're awake. So how do we... Uh, how do we work on staying awake when we're awake? So one thing is one one form of sleeping while while we're awake is we have when we have illusions when we're not when we're kind of sleeping to the reality that we're in. So that's one thing you got to do. You got to pay attention for illusions. And if you're in an illusion, what snap out of it. Next thing you do is you struggle for, for clarity. You want to be alive. The less clarity you have, the less alive you are. What, what's the point of living? The point of living, well, you got to know what, you, what you're living for. If you don't know what you're living for, you could be, quote, unquote, sleeping, sleeping on the job. You know, sleeping on the job, sleeping on the job, sleeping on the job. Sleeping on the job, I mean, you're not doing the job. You know, there's a famous uh, idea that I think is pretty well known in uh, Judaism, that when a person, when a Jew is in utero, 
they learn the entire Torah from an angel. Entire Torah from an angel. And then when you come, as soon as the baby leaves the mother, the, the child forgets it. But it's there. What's the point of that? Why does the Talmud tell us that? And what is the point of that anyway? If you're going to learn it, why are you forgetting it? And the reason is because if you knew something and you just forgot it, then when you wake up, it's much easier to know it as opposed to something that you never knew. All you got to do is wake up. And sometimes I think I believe it heard, I heard from a great rabbi once that if you hear a Torah idea and it just seems so familiar, but you can't remember quite where you, where, where you picked it up from, it could be it's something that you got in utero. A helpful thing to be able to stay awake in life is if you have clear definitions for the important things in life. Person says, for example, Purim, right? Everyone knows Purim is supposed to be happy. Well, if you have no idea what happy means, your Purim may look a lot different than someone else's, right? And there's so what's a relationship? What's growing? What's fair? What's meaningful, right? You got you get your definition straight. You got to demonstrate, then you're. It's much easier to motivate yourself to be awake when when you know what you're trying to do. And you know, you, you, if you hire any consultant, the first thing they do in any business, you get your mission statement straight. You have your business plan. What's your goals? Measurable goals, smart goals, as they say. So, but if you don't, then you sleep on the job. Thinking, not thinking, is a form of sleeping, right? You kind of like zombie out. So not all of us can think all the time. Our brain, our brain needs, needs breaks sometimes. But when you're thinking, recognize, when you're not thinking, recognize to a certain degree you're checking out. And, and that's okay. But just make sure that you're doing it the, 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 the right amount. The Rambam says, that, what do we do when we hear the shofar? You know what the word, the Rambam says, when you hear the shofar, you know what the shofar is saying? Wake up. So you see this term that the, that the Perkyavos uses, Ethel says, minimize sleep. It's not just about getting enough sleep in your bed. It's about minimizing the time that the shofar is telling you not to wake up. So what is what is the chauffeur telling us to do? The chauffeur tells us to wake up and realize that there is something in our life that we're sleeping to. There's something we have to straighten out. Maybe there's something we have to feel repetitive for. Okay. Now, we all have those aha moments when we're feeling really awake, like you're feeling it, right? Now, the problem is those things don't last very long. Most of us are struggling most of the time to be really, really on. But the hat, so we, we have, what we do is we got to, when we get those gifts of awake moments, of aha moments from God, what, what do we do to, to, to capitalize on it, to, to minimize the struggle? It's such a hard thing to do, constantly thinking, constantly staying alert, being in touch, 
not being in the in 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 lost in illusions. So the first thing you got to do when you when you get that aha moment, it could be when you're dancing, you're listening to a song, watching something, being in nature, synagogue, doing a certain type of mitzvah. Who knows what it is? It could be for everyone. It could be something else. But if you want to keep that and not have it just be a fleeting emotion, what you got to do is make some sort of decision. It doesn't have to be a heavy decision. It doesn't have to be a rash decision. But some sort of decision, it could be, you know what? I'm inspired. I'm making a decision to think about, to research this tomorrow for an hour. Or I am going to talk this over with that person. Some sort, now it could be you're just totally inspired in your soul and you actually want to make some sort of commitment. But at least make some sort of small decision. It could be a decision to 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 uh, to try this again or whatever it might it, 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 it might be. That's the first thing you got to do. Make a decision. The next thing is that when you have an aha moment, let's say someone realizes, "Oh my gosh, I never realized how lazy I am. I never realized how much more I could do with a certain thing." Well, the only way that's going to have any long-lasting effect is if you realize that in fact it was a mistake till now because when a no people don't like making mistakes again i believe in the 12 steps to recovery one of the steps is recognizing what you did and what was the damage and the consequences of what you do because it's very difficult to change something that's difficult to change if you don't see the consequence or the damage that happened. And that's something that's help, that's helpful to do because it's very difficult to change if you don't realize, don't, don't have an incentive to change. And if you do that, then you can extend the inspiration for the rest of your life. Because when you when you have that aha moment, oh, I didn't realize this was offending someone. I didn't realize how much happier I could be if I did that. And then you got to make a decision that, I actually have the ability to change. And that's one of the, well, these are all steps in 12 steps to recovery, but they all come from the Torah. You make a decision, I have the ability to change something. And then once you recognize that, then you match it, that, that that's when you make the resolve, that you are going to change. And then you have a little regret. You don't have any regret. A little bit of regret is healthy. Too much regret is, is, is uh, incapacitating. The Torah says that all of this should be done, not just as an exercise. It all should be done. The best way to do it, the most meaningful and productive way, is to do it with the awareness that God loves you. If someone, if someone could, it's not an easy thing to do, and there's ways to do it. But the more a person builds up, because you know what happens when, when a, a person has an awareness and a feeling and a tangible feeling, that God loves them, then nothing else can get you down. Nothing. Not even a very close friend or family who offends you or is not there for you when you needed them or wanted them to be because you feel so loved. You feel so, there's, there's nothing and it's totally in your control. Person becomes in complete control of their life 
when they when they engender and feel that love of God. Because you're not, because God is constant. People are not. The, as wonderful as people are, we make mistakes, we're moody, we're needy. Okay, moving along here. It's helpful to track. So we obviously it's helpful, we said before, to figure out how much sleep you actually need. But then it's helpful to track down your drowsinesses in life. What are the things that you put you to sleep? And then you could think, well, is this something that it's good that it puts me to sleep? Or maybe it shouldn't put me to sleep. Maybe that's my issue. I got, I got, I, I, I got to fight it. We all know it's a bad thing to fall asleep at the wheel. Well, and you, you would all agree, well, you got to figure out something, but you can't drive, right? Well, just because something in life, you're quote unquote drowsy to it, doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, put up a fight. So this basically is the struggle of life. It's the struggle of life. Struggle with the bishop, big issues, struggle with the small issues, stay in the fight. If you're in the fight, you're awake. When people are in a fight, you're awake. When you're fighting for something, you're awake. So there's a famous exercise. They say it's a little bit morbid, but it's it's a good exercise. Is that what do you want written on your tombstone? <laughs> right? It's not, I, I've never actually done it. But I've heard it in secular t- places. I think uh, Dale Carnegie is very into it. Um, but uh, but but in Pirkei Avos, it actually has a similar concept. It says Zachar Yom Mischa. Remember the day you die. You know it says uh, um, every day considers this as if it's your last, your last day. It's the same idea. And, and to put it in less morbid terms, you know, um, you know what do you want to be remembered for? Right, the same kind of uh, of thing. So let's go over some of the ideas that we said tonight. We have to recognize that waking up is the battle of life. Like, oh my gosh, I still remember. After my oldest was born, I was in Baltimore in Kolel and near Israel. Remember, I came into the yeshiva, I don't know, maybe a few days after the baby was born, a week, whatever it was. I was so tired. And I saw my rabbi there, Rabbi Berger. And I went over to Rebbe, and I was talking, I asked him a question. I said, Rebbe Berger, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I am so tired. And he said something. That was a, but, you know, you know, they say when people are, are in positions of inspiration to other people, which we all are people of inspiration to, to other people, and God puts the right words in their mouths. And he said something which I've kept with me since. He said, Aftali, get used to it. He, said, he could have said, ah, yeah, yeah, you're right. So tired. It's not easy. But he said, he smiled and he said, you know, God willing, you should get used to this for the next 20 years. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, been 17. And uh, it's all right. So um, so that's life. That's life. You're going to be tired. I know uh, we have a line in my house. My kids will say, I'm, I'm tired. So we have a joke. We say, hi, tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Because tired is life. You know, okay, you can work an endeavor, try to catch up, be healthy. But that's really not, if, 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 if you don't want to go to heaven and say, 
you know, you could have uh, discovered the vaccine for uh, whatever it was and said, sorry, I was tired. You, know, you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to say that. So essentially in one form or other, the struggle of life is to be awake. And the way you, you can help that struggle is if you decide that life is good, then you'll want to be awake as much as makes sense. If you decide life is not good, then you'll prefer to sleep figuratively or literally. Get the maximum out of your body, but don't torture it. Figure out what you need. Figure out what you need and get it. Uh, I could tell you, when I had uh, my heart episode uh, five and a half years ago, it actually was very helpful in this department because I, I really was, I pushed myself a lot with sleeping. And now, not saying I don't push myself in sleeping, but I'm much, much better about it because I know this is what I need and I try my best to get it. We don't want to miss out on opportunities because we're sleeping. You wouldn't want to miss your flight because you were sleeping. Well, every day has a flight. Well, the flight might not be to a different uh, physical location, but every day has a flight. I think about sometimes when I get up early and I'm able to get a lot done in the morning, I'm like, wow, it feels so good by nine o'clock in the morning. And you want to want to do that every day. Can't do it every day, but. Want to watch out for zombieisms. You don't want to walk around with no thoughts in your head and walking around sleepwalking. In fact, too much sleep, too much sleep. There is such thing as too much sleep. It could dull your mind. It can make you weak. And the truth is being tired is, is a lot of being tired is a habit and habits can be broken. So unless you take proactive steps to stay awake, you're going to be sleeping, right? If you don't set the alarm clock, probably going to still be sleeping. So whenever you learn something new, like we said, don't just let it run over you. Wake up to the recognition that you were partially asleep to that idea before. And we say that. You see, you see from the, 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 the Talmud says that you can learn from the way that people talk. A lot of things. Sometimes the Talmud could say, and this is what people say, because there, because there's a there's a certain uh, uh, you know wisdom that uh, the peoplehood has. So, and we say, oh yeah, I, I remember I realized that I was sleeping. I was sleeping when they said that, you know. So if you learn, but the main thing is if you learn how to be joyful and fascinated by things, then the struggle of sleep goes away, right? You, you you have a flight to cash to go to Israel. You're up, boom, right? You got you got a big day. You got your wedding day. You got a bar mitzvah day. You got a, you know today you're going to go on a hike which you're looking forward to. You don't have to have you know the quote unquote milestones in life to have something to wake up to. Anyone can build their own schedule that it makes it exciting for them um, for 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 us to wake up. But it it takes work though. You can't wait for it to happen. Right? That's why it's good to have a schedule. It's good to have things that are exciting, especially first thing in the morning. Good. That's why another reason the uh, Shulchan Aruch says it's a mitzvah to have breakfast. My uh, When I was in Kolono, Israel, I was only there for nine months, but I really uh, always find I, I quote a lot from that nine months. So my we, we, we were studying the laws of blessings. And uh, the head of the group, Rabbi Horowitz, he would say that, uh, unfortunately, eating breakfast is becoming 
a pastime, not like a baseball pastime, but a pastime. It's gone. And and then the Shulchan Aruch says, the Korolah says, you got to eat breakfast. Because you don't eat breakfast, you're going to be sleeping. So we got to do whatever we can to, to make sure we get the sleep that we need to get. Don't get the sleep that we don't need to get. And when we're awake, the same way, you know, make sure we're having the, the, the amount of awake sleep that we need so things aren't too intense. But as much as you can be awake, be awake. You know, you don't want to fall asleep at the wheel. But, but at the same time, if you're too tired, you know, you got to pull over. So this is the 19th way of acquiring wisdom, because if you don't have time awake, you can't possibly get wisdom. So have a great week. I uh, don't know if we're on for Thursday night. I'm feeling we're not on Thursday night. Uh, I'm going to be in transit, but uh, we'll keep you updated. Have a...